0: Maschet Yavamat Daf Samachav we begin the 7th pedik which uh, is not related to Yibum, but we're going to be speaking about uh, Kohanim and their marriages, in this case an illegal marriage, uh, which we've been speaking about for quite a while. And here regarding the eating of Tirumah. So one point of background. Who is allowed to eat Tirumah? A Kohen and his wife, his children, his slaves. And if the slaves themselves own slaves, they also. Everyone in the household, household of a Kohen who's properly married is allowed to eat Tiruma. Uh, if someone is married to a kohen and he dies, then uh, can she continue eating tirumah? It depends. If they don't have children, then that's it. She has no more connection to the kohen's family. She goes back to her father's house and goes back to her original status. If, however, they do have children, then that child that's alive will continue the connection of the, of the mother to the deceased kohen and she can continue eating tirumah even though the kohen husband has died and that's a general background and now we can jump right in if you have an illegal marriage a widow married to a kohen gadol or a divorcee or someone who received haluts halitsa, is married to a regular kohen so this is a problem they are supposed to get divorced if they do uh, stay married the marriage is a valid marriage uh, so, in all these cases, because she is rendered a halala and they are not allowed to be married, she cannot eat teruma. Um, uh, they're supposed to get divorced, and if they stay married, she cannot eat uh, teruma. Now, but here's the interesting question What if she brings property into the marriage? She brings slaves into the marriage. Uh, what about those slaves? They're part of the household. Can they eat teruma? They didn't do anything wrong. They're not halalim. Uh, so in this case, it depends on what kind they are. And so we're going to see there's two different types of property that a wife brings into the marriage. Avde melog lo yochelu bitruma. Avdeh son uh, barzel. Yocheleum. Uh, so it depends. If it's avdem melog, the origin of the word melog, nobody's sure what it is. It may be uh, from an Akkadian term. The point here: this is uh, property, or in this case, slaves that the wife owned and brings into the into the marriage, and she retains ownership while they're married, uh, because the husband provides has the obligation to provide for his wife and for everyone in the family. He can benefit from the fruit. The fruit of the labor of the slave, or if it's land, the fruit of the land, or if it's a uh, stock, he'll get the dividends, and he has to he has to provide for feed these slaves during the marriage. But at the end of the marriage, she takes the original principal back, whether it increased in value or decreased. So she retains ownership, because she retains ownership of these slaves they cannot eat teruma. she cannot eat teruma. she's a halala these are her slaves she cannot then they cannot eat terumah either but if it's the other type of their son barzel that means property that, if it's nichseh uh, son barzel, or in this case, avdeh, uh, servants, uh, this type of property she brings in, and he uh, takes full ownership of this property, of these slaves. Um, at the end of the marriage, he or his inheritance will still have to pay her the original value. We assess the value at the time of the marriage, put it in the ketubah, and we say, you know, these slaves, or this uh, this um, uh, field worth uh, $10,000 And he will pay her $10,000 at the end. Whether it increased in value or decreased in value, it doesn't matter. In that case, he just owes her that value, but the item itself, the land, or in this case, the slaves he owns and therefore since he owns them and he's a kohen and he's eating Tiruma, so they those servants can eat those are those are rendered his servants uh okay that's the basic uh point the Mishnah goes on and elaborates explains these categories further velohen abde melog what does it mean servants that are the melog category the ones that she retains fundamental ownership if those servants die it's her loss if they increase in value uh they uh you know grow up and uh, show great talent they and they're worth uh, more Then she gets the uh increase uh of the of their value even though while they're married the or the husband has to feed them, and the husband is the one that will benefit from whatever they produce during the marriage because he's responsible for all financial things, and he himself is going to feed his wife and so on and children. Um, so, uh, nevertheless, even though he is feeding them, still, fundamentally, they belong to the wife, and therefore, the wife is a halala. And the, his, her servants cannot eat teruma. That's melog. Velohen abde son barzel. Son and barzel are called that because they are iron sheep. They're as strong as iron. In other words, they're guarant, guaranteed payment. No, it won't go up, but won't go down either. Um, and also, I mean, son, just meaning property in general, although uh, son usually will produce uh, wool and milk. Uh, but in this case, she does not benefit from any of that. He gets all of it, but she does get the, a guaranteed initial value that comes into the marriage. That's why it's called son barzel. It's as guaranteed as iron. If these slaves die, then it's his loss. She will get paid at the end of the marriage no matter what. And if they increase in value, he gets the profit. So since the husband is responsible for their for their uh, uh, responsible for financially where they go up and down, so he is the owner, and therefore they can eat because they're no longer connected to the uh, to the wife, but rather to the husband, and he eats teruma, so they eat teruma last section of the Mishnah israel uh, if you have a case of a woman who is the daughter of israel so when she grew up she, she grew up she could not eat teruma and she married a kohen and she brought with her uh, she brought with her slaves servants and this is talking about a proper a marriage unlike the birsha, which was an illegal marriage now we 're talking about a legal marriage. The Mishnah has this uh, this is typical of the Mishnah. It brings the exceptional case first and then brings the regular case uh, but logically uh, we might have wanted wanted to know the logic the uh, the uh, legal case first, so this is a normal marriage of Israel. Woman to a kohen ben avde melog ben avde son barzel how in that case it doesn't matter both types of slaves can eat teruma the reason is because the slaves that are son barzel that belong to the husband so they eat on account of being owned by the husband and the slaves that are melog that are owned by the wife she is allowed to eat teruma and we'll see the law in the in the talmud we'll see the proof for this that Uh, Someone who can eat tiruma, they themselves are allowed to feed someone else tirumah. They can uh, merit that the next person uh, will, that they own. So that she owns these slaves, they also can eat tirumah. Ubat kohen, sheniset liisrael v'ikhnisa avadim. The opposite case, a woman was a daughter of a kohen. So growing up, she was allowed to eat tirumah. And she brings servants into the uh into the marriage ben Abde melog ben in that case once she gets married to a non to a israel she has to stop eating to she takes on the 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 label of her husband and therefore the slaves also both the slaves melog that she owns and the son barzel that he owns, it's the same thing. He can't eat turumah. His slaves can She cannot eat turumah. Her and therefore she cannot entitle her slaves to, to eat turumah either. So those are the simple cases and good background for the complex case of the, that we started with in the Mishnah. Now, the Talmud asks, Here's the question. The servants that she brings in, that she retains ownership of, they cannot eat terumah. Why not? Why don't we say that those servants are the same as a servant that acquired a servant? Uh, So, here's the analogy. Are we analogizing a wife to a servant? Yes, we are. For these legal purposes, it doesn't mean that the husband actually owns the body of the wife uh, like a slave, but for, for this purpose, we are um, bringing an analogy. Uh, If a Kohen owns a slave, and that slave owns a slave, how could a slave own uh, own another slave? Think of in Downton Abbey, you know how the butler himself has uh, servants who make his bed and serve him food, right? So yes, a slave can own a slave, and this is the law. Uh, If a Kohen owns a slave, that slave can entitle his own slaves to eat teruma. So to hear, why don't we say that although the wife is a halala, nevertheless, she, he, she is owned by her husband and some, in some, uh, uh, in some form. And so uh, therefore we can see her slaves, the, um, uh, the Avdeh Melog as, um, his own, the husband's, the Kohen's, uh, wife. Herself owns slaves. So those slaves should be able to eat teruma. since their master's master uh, can eat teruma, should be the same as uh, the slave's slave of a master. That is the question. Okay. And we could just there's therefore kind of skip the wife. She cannot eat teruma; She's a halala. But so what? Let her servants eat it on the count of the husband. And now we're going to prove that this law is in fact the case that tirumah status, entitlement to Tiruma can go two levels of ownership. Here's the basic first level. Uh, How do you know that a kohen that married a woman uh, or uh, bought slaves, that the wife or the slaves can eat tirumah? If a priest uh buys any soul including kinyan kidushin or kinyan avadim which are two different concepts again i'll emphasize but nevertheless have this same legal ramification in terms of uh in the in the in this in terms of tiruma uh he can eat it uh meaning the slave the servant can eat it the wife can eat tiruma That's one level. And how about a second level if a wife Buy slaves, or if a slave of the slave themselves buy slaves, there's some technicality. Anything a slave acquires goes to the owner. How can a slave buy a slave? Okay, you could have a condition. Here's money that uh, you're going to acquire, and it's not going to go be mine. The ser- the master tells the servant. Okay, so if the if the the secondary slaves, how do you know that they? These are extra words. You could just get. What do you mean? So, reading it as saying that if a Kohen buys a person and that person himself buys a person, his Kinyan Kaspo, the servant's Kinyan Kaspo, can eat Teruma. So, that's the basis of the question. Uh, so, since these slaves are owned by the wife who is herself under the husband, so they those they should the should be able to eat to do as well. And and we're gonna see three answers to this. Number one, call Ha ma'achel, Sheen Ochel and Maachil. We have a general principle only someone who themselves can eat can entitle those under her to eat. Anyone who cannot eat cannot entitle those under her or him to eat and therefore in this case because the wife herself cannot eat teruma, she cannot entitle her slaves to eat teruma. that's a rule it only goes through her Okay. Velo. Now we question this, this would answer the question. Uh, but is this actually a general rule? Does it apply in all cases? Uh, if, if you have uh some uh, a Kohen who's not circumcised, uh, let's say because he had two uh older brothers who died in circumcision and so he doesn't have to. Uh or if he is tameh, someone who's tame, kohen who's tame canadi teruma first Mishnah in Belachot. Um, and they, they cannot eat teruma, and yet their wife or children or slaves all can eat teruma, even though they cannot. So this is not a true rule. Here we have a case of an ochel, the Kohen cannot eat while he's tame, but he can entitle others to eat the answer to that is no these are like someone whose mouth hurts if someone has a toothache and they're not eating tiruma because it hurts to eat so that's just a temporary problem right they'll go uh they'll go to the dentist and in those days probably just have their tooth pulled and then they'll be okay here also if someone is an adel, it's a temporary problem they can be circumcised or not if it's dangerous, um, but it's not It's not an intrinsic problem. Someone who's tameh, they'll go and become tahor, right? They'll go to the mikveh uh, that, the ne- that day, next day, whenever it's their time, and become tahor, and then they can eat tirumah. So this is not an a, um, intrinsic pisul in the person, but rather uh, just a temporary label, that problem that they have. And that's why in these cases, even though they cannot right now eat tirumah, they can entitle others to eat tirumah. This is completely different from this wife who is now a halala and will be a halala forever. Even after they get divorced or he dies, she will not be able to eat uh, tirumah again. And she won't be able to marry Kohen again. Okay, Oh, we have another um, uh, case where we, this rule is challenged. In the case of a ochel maachil. how could you have a, a mamzer who uh, does not eat, but he does entitle someone else to eat? The case would be as follows. A um, woman who's married to a kohen, and they're permitted, everything's fine, and he uh, dies. Now, if she has a child or grandchild alive, then she can eat tiruma. What if that grandchild is a mamzer? Uh, how could that happen? For example, they have a child. This woman and the Kohen have a child. That child marries a Mamzer. The grandchild will be a Mamzer. That grandchild Mamzer, even though is a grandchild of the Kohen, cannot eat tirumah. Mamzer cannot eat tirumah. Nevertheless, his existence... Permits the his grandmother, the original wife, to continue eating tirumah as a widow of a kohen because she's still connected to him since they have, um, since they have offspring. And so here you go: a case of mamzed is someone who himself cannot eat tirumah, but he can uh, entitle someone else to eat tirumah. And so now we are stuck. We don't have an answer yet. Ravina will save this line of reasoning. Ravina, kinyan ochel, ochel She eno clarifies this rule that we had here that we uh, used to answer the question, and he says, if some someone who is owned, who themselves can eat teruma uh that's what we're talking about if this person who is owned who is subservient can't eat tirumah then they can also entitle uh, someone else to eat And if the person who is owned cannot eat they cannot uh, entitle someone else to eat This new formulation will exclude the case of mamzer, who is a generation afterwards uh, that is entitling su- the grandmother to eat turumah. No, we're not talking about that case, but rather uh, the normal cases that we've been seeing before, where you want a servant uh or servant servant to, to eat teruma. in that case it only works if all the way up the line uh everyone can eat tirumah. and so therefore that would explain uh all all, all the cases uh so far it's uh, it would explain why a cohen's uh servants. A uh, servant can eat teruma. Since the servant can eat teruma, their servants can eat teruma. However, a kohen's uh, wife, if they are, if if she's a divorcee, and they're not allowed to be married, she can eat teruma. And that's why her slaves, her avdei look that she owns, cannot eat teruma, even though they are under a person who is under the kohen. But the middle step, that wife cannot eat teruma. Therefore, she cannot entitle. Her slaves to eat to Okay, good. Very good, nice, straightforward reason. And uh, that's fundamental on a deoraita level. The next two answers will be um banan gezerot. Amar, le. Rava concedes the uh the the basis of the question and says, You're right. In fact, that she brings in and she retains ownership really Midoraita should be able to eat Tiruma because they are the property of the property of the Kohen. They are the property of the wife who is a property of her husband, and so really they should be able to eat teruma on the doretah level. But the rabbis made a gezara because this is confusing. The rabbis wanted her to think to herself. Ah, uh, this is amazing! Listen to this. She says, "Look, I'm married to a kohen, and I cannot eat teruma. Not only can I eat teruma, that she can understand. She's a divorcee, and okay. But even her, my servants cannot eat teruma. My Nixeh avdemi that I brought in. She says, what am I, a zonah? For to him, it's like I'm not even his his wife. I, you know, they should get.'" A marriage to a Kohen is supposed to come with pr- privileges that one can eat teruma. It's, it's free food. People come and, and, and give it. And it's, uh, very chashu, very respectable to eat teruma. And so not only me, even my servants can eat teruma. I feel like a zonah. What's going to happen if she feels like that? She's going to go to her husband and start complaining and start fighting with her, with him. And that's good. We want that because then he will divorce her and in this case we want him to divorce her because they weren't allowed to get married in the first place and every day they have him they have to get divorced and so we don't want her to get too comfortable oh my my slaves are eating to right i'm getting all this good thing these good things i'm not going to get divorced no we want to cause them to fight okay Fantastic, amazing answer, Ravah says. Ravah says something else. Amar also, Gezerah. But in this case, he says Gezerah because of a confusion with other similar cases. Cases, Shema ta'akhir la'char We may think, since while they are married and he's alive, if we allow her servants to eat tirumah, even though she cannot eat tirumah, then even after the husband dies, she will think, oh, look, my servants were allowed to eat tirumah while he was alive, even though I wasn't, so even after he dies, you know it makes sense that they should be able to continue but even though that's not true because they're only allowed to eat because of him not because of her the gamadan now challenges rab ashe's logic uh, from a regular case ela me'ata israel kohen a bat Yisrael, uh, Yisrael who's married to a kohen who's permitted to him the sefa of Armishnah. Uh, maybe we should say the same reasoning lo ta'achil while she's married to a kohen she should not be a, 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 she should not entitle her uh slaves to eat because because then after he dies she'll think hey well since my slaves were allowed to eat while i was married to the kohen so therefore they're allowed to eat even after the kohen died even uh, although there's no children and that's that's incorrect once he dies she goes back but she'll be confused but no one would make that gezera, right? That, that would um, prohibit uh, every case. And no one would make that mistake either, right? Every um, bat, bat Yisrael, she knows. Right? While, while she was growing up, she did not eat tirumah. Her servants did not eat tirumah. When she got married, then she starts eating tirumah. And her servants cont- uh, also eat tirumah. When the husband dies and they have no children, then she, she goes back and the servants also will go back to their original state of not eating tirumah. So there's nothing confusing about that and so here also there's nothing confusing about about such a case and so there's no reason to make a gezera. For this uh, Halala, this person who divorced, who's who was uh, uh, this divorced who married the kohen, and she cannot eat Turumah the whole time. Her servants were could not eat Turumah before she got married. Now they can eat Turumah, and then they'll go back to not eating Turumah after he dies. Uh, so it's no more confusing than a normal case. And la maravache, uh just fixes one point and reinstates his answer. Be'almana kohenet. No, we're talking about a Bat-Kohen who is illegally married to someone. I'm going to use an example of a widow married to a Kohen Gadol. Uh, but it seems that would be the same thing for a divorcee married to a Kohen. The point is that it's a Bat-Kohen. So she was always eating Tiruma even when she from she grew up when, as a little girl. And their servants were always eating teruma even before she got married, that she brought in. Tatia la And now she will rationalize herself in the following way. Me kadachle bitruma de benasha. When I was growing up, I was eating a teruma from my father's house. In sible le now I got married to this guy. Achale bitruma de gabrai. And now I cannot eat Tuduma anymore because this marriage is illegal. She is an almana, a widow married to a Kohen Gadol. Uh, She cannot married how she cannot eat Tiruma. But she says, My servants, they are eating in Tudumah on account of my husband. Now that he died, I'm going back to my original circumstance. And in her original circumstance, uh, she was allowed to tirumah and the servants were allowed to eat tirumah. So from her perspective, her servants were allowed to eat tiruma continuously from being single into marriage. And she'll figure, well, well, go back into her being single and her servants can continue eating tirumah. So because she's a bat kohen, it's more confusing. If a bat Israel, she knows the distinction already from her single days but Abad Kohen will not distinguish because she her servants were always eating turumah. she will not realize that originally when she was single she herself was not a halala therefore she could eat turumah, and her servants were eating turuma on account of her but now that she's married she herself is a halala and the servants are only eating tirumah on account of, of the husband but now that, uh, that the husband is gone, they have to not eat tirumah ever, which never happened to her before. And so that's why we make a gezerah for the case where she is um, a bat kohen. Okay. Tenach almana kohenet. bat But that logic only works if she is a bat kohen. What if she is a bat israel? Then it won't be a problem because she will know. She'll remember that... She didn't eat, and her servants did not eat turumah before. Uh, so we answer, we have a law. The rabbis aren't going to make one law for about and one law for Yisrael. we going to make one law for everyone because one case will be confused with the other. And uh, therefore, that is the that, that's the reason. So, uh, to summarize, we uh, ask the question: How come these servants, the uh, the ones that the wife retains ownership of, why can't they eat tiruma, even though their master, the wife? uh is a halala because she's illegally married and so we saw three answers number one is that that rule uh that someone who can eat uh can uh allow others to eat only applies when someone themselves can eat so uh or to say it better the rule that a servant's servant can eat tirumah of a a kohen that only applies if it goes all the way all the way through that everyone down the line can eat tiruma. but if a sir if a man if a kohen's servant cannot eat tiruma, then that servant cannot entitle uh the second level servant and here that would be the wife though since the wife cannot eat tirumah she cannot entitle others to eat tiruma. that was the deoraita answer number one and answer number two is because uh we want them to fight we don't want her to get too comfortable and so really midoraita the they of the de melog we say no so that she will feel like there's no point in uh there's no benefit here she'll feel like azona and she'll get into a fight and they'll divorce which is good uh in this case cuz they were illegally married and the third um answer is because uh it's confusing uh in the case where she is a bat kohen she has to know that uh, once he dies she goes back to her father's house and she is a halala and therefore her servants can not eat tirumah anymore and that will not be clear unless we prohibit them from eating tirumah even while they're married okay those are the three uh cases uh, three answers to our question and the second half of the sugya goes into a new topic which is what is the status of nichseh son barzel up until this point we've been assuming that nichseh son barzel belong to the husband and that's why Avde son barzel uh, can eat to the mother directly under him uh, since if their price goes up or down it's he's responsible for that financial gain or loss. And so although he has to pay the wife at the end of the marriage the original estimated price, uh, but uh, that's uh, he owes her that money, but then they belong to him. So that's what we've been assuming until now, and it's basically true that he will incur any any loss or gain. However, it's not necessarily entirely true that it's totally his, and she has uh, lost all rights to it. So this is going to be a, mach- a subject of itmar. A woman who brings in something, let's say she brings a piece of furniture into the marriage, and this is estimated that this uh, couch is worth $1,000. And so they put in the ketubah, he's going to have to pay her at the end of the marriage $1,000 for the couch, and even if it goes up in value or uh, deteriorates and goes down in value, that'll be his problem. And then they uh, eventually they get divorced. And she says, listen, I don't want the $1,000. I want this couch. But he says, no, I will pay you the $1,000. That's what we agreed to. Uh, that was the assessment at the time of the marriage. And so I'm paying you and I am keeping the couch. All right, they both like this couch. So who has the rightful? claim. Rav Yudha Amar Hadin Aymah Rav Yudha uh, surprisingly says she is in the right says he uh, gets to keep the couch and he pays as as they had agreed so we have to explain Rav uh, Rav explains that this asset is from Bet Aviha and this was something that she was very proud of her father's family was very proud of and uh, you know she she brought it into the marriage and so it has this sentimental value and she can claim this it continues to have Importance for my father's house, and therefore I want to take it. And that's a valid claim. So she does have some connection to it. proves his side from our very Mishnah and says he is right since we said in the Mishnah that if it dies, if those Avdeh uh, son Barzel die, it's his loss and if they be, become more expensive, then it's his gain. Uh, so since he uh, is responsible for their financial status, therefore he is uh, they, they can eat Tirumah. So you see he is responsible for them, uh he gets the gain and the loss that means he is the owner and that's it he owns them and she has no claim all right so uh, that makes it a be uh we understand his um his uh proof from the mishnah but Amad of safra of safra is going to challenge it challenge that that reasoning the mishnah doesn't say that these slaves belong to him. It could have said a more simple language just as he's responsible for them. That's like a you know a custodian, someone watching something is also responsible as a watchman. It doesn't mean that that person owns it. he's just uh holding on to it. That's why he has incurs a loss and gets a gain, but doesn't mean he owns it. Lavdi Dehu, and it's not actually his. And so Rav Safra is supporting Rav Yehuda that her claim is better. Now the Gemara is going to challenge Rav Safra himself. Wait a second. If someone is only responsible for uh, for something, then can that uh, they entitle that person to eat? Right uh to eat teruma, this a uh, person or animal, as we're going to see in a second. Right, a non-ownership but only responsibility is that sufficient to entitle someone or some animal to eat teruma? We have a mishnah terumot that says, "Israel she'sachar Parami kohen, reze yaachilena kalsine terumah. If a non-kohen uh, uh, rents a cow from a kohen to use to work his field, uh, so he can feed it uh, uh, karshine, vetch, uh, that is A Vetch is a certain vegetable, it looks like this. It is technically um, edible for humans, and that's why it is... However, it's not really, uh, you know, humans don't usually eat it. Animals usually eat it. Now, generally, tiruma, uh, is which is edible by humans, has to be eaten by humans. You have to treat it in a very a respectful way. You can't just feed it to your animals, uh, you know, use it in a disrespectful way. But this uh, vegetable called vetch uh, which um, even though it is technically edible to human, but me, uh, uh, people don't usually eat it. Therefore, it's it's okay to, even even though it's chayav and it is teruma. it's okay to feed it to animals. So uh, in this case, the, a Jew rented from the Kohen, he can feed it There's, uh, these karshinim because it belongs to the Kohen. Kohen is the owner, even though the Jew that rented it is responsible uh, in case something happens to it. Uh, to the animal, and nevertheless it goes by the owner, not by the custodian who is responsible for it. The opposite case, Kohen padam Yisrael. Kohen rented it from Yisrael. Even though the Kohen is responsible for feeding it because he rents it, and if you, when you rent the animal you have to feed it as it's working, lo he cannot feed it terumah because it goes by the owner and not by the one who is responsible and therefore uh, this indicates that the requirement for enabling, uh, entitling someone else to eat tiruma is possession and not responsibility and that rejects, uh, rejects it of Safra. All right, we question that itself. It is, This Says, hold on. It's true that a renter is responsible uh, in case the animal gets stolen or lost and he has to replace it. But if it's some unavoidable accident or if it somehow became, becomes uh, thinner, uh, emaci- em- emaciated while it's working, or it decreases in value because of its wear and tear that he is not responsible for so a renter is not actually fully responsible maybe that's why in these cases he uh, it goes by the owner and not the renter that's a separate thing but our mishnah which was about uh, the slaves where the husband is fully responsible for everything that happens to the slaves all the ups and all the downs that is closer to ownership, and that's why he would eat Terumah in that, in that case. Our Mishnah is actually similar to the Sefa of the Mishnah regarding the animals, where it says, Yisrael she'sham para mikohen, uh, and a non-kohen who appraises a cow and says, Okay, what's this cow worth? $500? All right, I'm going to use it, and I guarantee its value. Uh, see, this is more like an arrangement of son barzel in a marriage uh from a kohen, then your Loya Khila natekashina Tirumaa, that uh non kohen cannot feed it Tiruma because he is accepting full responsibility, even though not full ownership. A kohen who does this assessment and guarantees a value of a of a animal, and then and then uses it, can feed it teruma, uh, even though he's not the full owner, because he is in fact fully responsible. And so we see from uh, from this that it is in fact responsibility that entitles uh, an owner to feed. His uh, animals or his servants, tiruma. With this argument, we have deflected, rejected the proof of Rabbi Amir from our Mishnah. Rabbi Amir tried to prove that um, because the uh, Kohen husband can entitle the Avdeh, Son Barzel, to eat tiruma, that means he owns them. And since he owns them, he can keep the couch. Too, uh, because he owns it fully, and we reject this. As and said, uh, no, he doesn't necessarily own it fully. It just means he's responsible. He's fully responsible for it, and full responsibility is sufficient to allow an animal that one fully owns to eat teruma, or a slave that one fully that one is fully responsible for to eat teruma. But full responsibility is enough for teruma, but is not full responsibility is not full ownership. And therefore, these nicheson are not necessarily uh, actually fully owned by the husband. And so therefore, it could be that the wife can claim that uh, I, want, I want to take the couch. All right. So we have no proof from the Mishnah. And now we're going to try to find a proof this way and that way. After Nachman gave his great uh, long didasha, the, the pirka, uh, that was given to in, in public, and the students also came at the end. His students, Rabban, Rabbi Yosef, were sitting. And they said, You know what? We can find a braita that supports uh, Rabbi Yehuda and another braita that uh, supports Rabbi Ame. Let's see what they are. We have a braita that supports Rabbi Ame, that in fact it is. The husband who fully owns uh, the, uh, the property, the nechseh son barzel, and he can take the couch home. Uh, because, look at this, Those slaves that come into the marriage as son barzel, they're assessed, and then the husband is responsible for them. If the husband uh, should knock out the tooth or the eye of that slave, the slave goes free. Uh, whereas, if the wife uh, causes such a loss, the slave does not go free. And this, the reason is because this law that an Evit Kana'ani goes free uh, when there is a damage like this is only true if the owner uh, causes the damage. So you see, the owner is the husband and not the wife. He is the full owner. He gets to keep the couch. Tanya kevatei de rav Yehuda ha machneset shom lebaala imrasah balim kor loyim kor ve ela afilu hichnis la shom mishelo imra balim kor loyim kor. A brayta supports Rav Yehuda that she still retains some right, some ownership. Uh, comes from here. Someone who brings in an assessed item uh, to the to to the marriage. Uh, the the wife brings it in uh, to the husband. Uh, if uh, he wants to sell it he may not sell it because she brought it in and it belongs to her and not only that even if he brought something into the marriage and had it assessed and included in, included in the Ketuvah, like he gave her a ring that he bought and he brought in uh, but he put it into Ketuvah and said here is here is how much it's worth and you know and uh, therefore you get to take that amount at the end of the marriage imrasa balim kor Uh, Again, there also, even though the husband actually bought it and brought it into the marriage, no, he gave it to her and had it assessed so he cannot sell it. Uh, so you see that that uh, in the, both of these cases she retains ownership. If they both decided that you know what we have to sell this because uh, we need the money, they have to sell some item that they uh, that was brought in uh, as an assessed item in the ketuba. This actually happened and the case came before dashbag and he said that uh, the husband can repossess it from those who bought it because really is this was guaranteed to her uh, at the end of the marriage that she would be able to get a payment or even get the actual item and so this is a proof for Huda that she has re- maintains a right to recollect that original item and so she is uh, has somewhat uh In possession, even in a case of son Barzillai. Amar Rabah, Amar Rab Nachman. Okay, so we had a debate on both ways. What, what is the halacha? Halacha Kidav Yehuda that she retains the right. Amar the Rabah, the Rab Nachman. Wait, how could you say the halachas like Kidav We have a debate like it Ami. Wait, how could you say the halachas like Kidav Yehuda? We have a debate like Rabbi Ami. true, he has a debate, but. The logic of Rav Yudha makes sense because of the family's prestige, her father's house. They had this couch and it means a lot to them, sentimental value. So, yeah, she has a right, she has a claim and she can uh, ask for the couch. She gets the couch. Now, a really interesting case. Uh, some woman, she brought a, uh, into, the, into her marriage uh, a robe uh that a very nice fine robe uh that uh, she she brought in and it was estimated a thousand dollars this robe costs. So Shecheb, the husband in the mean the husband died. Uh shekaluha yatme ufrasuha a and now the, the the children the orphans they decided to use this robe her her robe that she brought into the marriage uh her father you know the her father's house put it on the swanny and they take it and use it as a burial shroud. By the way, even today, nowadays, we use very, very basic burial shrouds, cheapest material, so that everybody's equal. But in those days, they used things that were very expensive. We saw back in Masechet Moed Katan that people were using very expensive burial shrouds to the point that some people couldn't afford it. And uh, worse than the death of their relative was the fact that they had to pay so much money for an expensive burial shroud, and they'd leave their dead unburied until Adaban Gamaliel made a takana. It says everyone has to use just simple linen garments, and that's why we do that until today okay but this was this would be back then when they took this fancy robe and they used it as a burial shroud and she comes and says wait that's my robe I brought it into the marriage and I want that robe. I don't want the money I want that robe to, to take with me at the marriage ended, he died. Um, I said, sorry, the dead guy acquired it. I mean, he's not alive, but just by being buried with it, it becomes consecrated and and uh, used, can be used only for the benefit of the dead and she cannot have it. Um uh, not available. Amarle na nai. Bere de Ravyosef. Bere de Rava Rav Kana. Hamarava Marav Nachman. Halakha Kira Vuda. Wait a second. Rava is the one up here said Halacha is like Rav Ravyuda that she has a claim and she can take the couch with her. So she should be able to take this robe with her says yes it's true if there was still hanging in the closet he she could come and she could take it but it was not yet taken. It was not, she did not yet move it from the closet and bring it and take possession of it and bring it back to her father's house. It was not yet collected. And since it was not yet collected, it's, it's still in his possession. And so the orphans who inherited his property, they already came and made use of it. And now you can't get it back. So yes, halacha is like Rav Yehuda, but you have to go and get it before uh, they go and make a different use out of it. Rava Lita'ameh, and Ravahu said this, uh, that something that is not yet collected, is not um, yet, if something is not in your possession, if it's not yet collected, then it's not yours. He said that as a general rule. Mafkiin, Uh We saw this once before. Rava says uh, that something that you made Hekdesh, um, uh, let's say you have an item that was you set aside and you made it a guaran- a, a guarantee for a loan uh, a lien. There's a lien against this, and you said, "Listen, if I don't pay you back, you can take uh you can take this clock here." And so, so the the uh, the the person who lent the money has a lien on that clock. If the guy who borrowed the money makes it hikdish. Or if it was made out of chametz, right? you have a lien on this, uh, on this bread, and now Pesach comes, and now bread is prohibited, and he destroys it because it has to be destroyed. Or it, he, made, uh, he made a slave as, uh, as the lien, and, and he freed the slave, and so now there's no more slave. So the, uh, the, the one who lent the money now no longer has a lien mafkin, so the lien goes away that's it he can't go back and say no no that's my slave right and bring him back and make him uh, make him a slave again i have a lien on that on that person or and on that chametz we say sorry it's true if the loan came due and you came to collect it you have a lien and you could have taken it but before you take possession of it you don't actually own it and uh, therefore uh that says that says that general rule and that applies in this case also although we have follow halacha like ravi and the wife does have a claim on the actual couch and nevertheless before or this wrote the robe and nevertheless before she takes possession of it um, uh, uh, possession is uh, 90% of the law and so she has a claim to it but she has to actually take possession in order to be able to fully take it home and in this case they used it for a burial shroud first and so she cannot. She can no longer uh, collect it Baruch Adonai Leolam, Amen v'amen.